Pastor Leon and his wife Sheila founded Gospel Tabernacle Church in 1982 in the heart of Lawrence, South Carolina. Since then, the Lord has richly blessed and increased the ministry and family of Gospel Tabernacle Church. Here at Gospel Tabernacle, we believe in the power of the Word of God to change the hearts and lives of believers. Gospel Tabernacle is a family church ministering to the whole family through the charismatic teaching ministry. Today's message will grow your faith and draw you close to the Lord as you open your heart to God's Word and His Spirit. Say this, say, I am victorious in Christ Jesus. Amen, amen. Open the scripture with me this morning to Ephesians chapter 6 as we get ready to uh, go into our lesson today that God's given me. And uh, I'm going to share from there Ephesians chapter 6 as we sort of get ready to to walk through some scriptures today. I'm going to take you to a place that uh, for a long time, uh, in the last several numbers of years, I have been greatly concerned about the things that I've seen in America, the things I've seen in the world, uh, the same things that I have seen in the church, the things that I've just seen in general. And so I'm going to, this morning, try to put some of those things together. I don't know how far along I will get today. Uh, somebody just stop me when it's 4 o'clock. But I don't know how long I'll get, but I want to begin today uh, looking at uh, some of those things about why things are like they are. And uh, if you'll listen to this teaching this morning and really let it become a part of your heart, your life, and your spirit, uh, it'll really change your life. It, it, it's When we pray accurately, it's different than we just praying amiss are praying in all kinds of directions. When you can pray with knowledge and you can pray with the wisdom of the Lord, you can see things done in your life and you can see, things, see God do things in your life. God works by a set prescribed order that he's laid out in the scriptures. And so I want to sort of lay some foundation today as we begin uh, looking. I've got one verse up here on my little overhead that I've done. Uh, if you can see it, sometimes the white sort of gets out on the, on the yellow, but uh, hopefully you'll be able to see it. You can read in your Bible, verse 12. But in Ephesians chapter 6, look at verse 11, then we're going to get to that verse. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Is a Christian supposed to be weak or strong? Right. Is your strength in yourself or is it in the Lord? Is the Lord strong? So can you be strong? Absolutely. If I connect myself to the Lord Jesus, I can have tremendous strength available to me. I have great power as long as I'm connected to him in the Lord. So I'm strong in the Lord. My power is not our own, but it is the power of his might. And then he says this, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil. How many remember the cartoon with Elmer Fudd on it? He talked about Bugs Bunny and what did he call him? That wascally wabbit. Because he would do anything to get Elmer Fudd. I mean, he would have holes coming up everywhere that he would pop out of. Just anything and everything. The devil will do anything and everything to destroy you. The devil will use any advantage he can get over you. The devil is our enemy, the scripture teaches us. And it says here that if I'm going to be able to stand against him, notice stand against, it's a confrontational pose. Stand against the enemy. If I'm going to stand against him, if I were, you know, Taekwondo, whatever, there are stances that you make when you get ready to go into battle or when you go in, into the fight. 
Well, there's stance that you make, and the stance that you and I make is a stance clothed in the armor of God that he talks about the rest of this passage, clothed in the armor of God and the things of God, standing in the power of his might against the wiles of the devil. Anything, and the devil doesn't love you. He doesn't care anything for you. He hates you with a passion. He hates you with everything he can hate you with. He wants to destroy anything and everything in your life. That's the nature of the evil that he is. Now, verse 12 which I've got on the overhead that you can see. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not in a fight with people. We're not wrestling people. Not wrestling flesh and blood. But, in other words, we are wrestling. But just not with flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers... Against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual, what is that, host of wickedness. When you see the uh, word host in the Bible, referring to angels, angelic host. Spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. I'm not in battle with my wife, with my children, or with my parents or my cousins, or my uncles, or my aunts, or my friends, or my neighbors, or my countrymen, or the citizens of our state, and our city, our county, our world. I'm not in battle with anyone. I'm not going to be found wrestling with flesh or with blood. But I am going to be found wrestling, and you are too. That's why you need the armor of God. That's why you need his strength, and that's why you need his power. Because by yourself... The devil will whip you all over this county and any other county that we're involved in. The devil will whip you out of your home, out of your relationship. He will whip you out of your body health-wise. He will come against you in any way and every way that he can come against you. That's what he's wanting to do. And if you do nothing, he'll succeed. If we do absolutely nothing... Even if we work and walk in ignorance that we do not know where he's doing or, or where he's at or what he is doing, he'll get you. Ignorance is no excuse. You're not going to win. God just going to look at you and say, well, they're ignorant, so I guess I'll just protect them. No, that's not the case. We don't find that in Scripture. What we find is we have to stand in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ in his armor and in his strength and his power against the wiles of the devil. And what are the wiles of the devil? Some of you see here, verse 12. Some people have looked at these and thought maybe these might be ranks of individual spirits in heavenly places, and they may very well be. I don't know the ranking of them. It's hard to find anyone that sort of takes it very sharply and clearly to that point, but very well they could be. But he's talking about this. He said, wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. In other words, when we think about, what is it? You come into a city or a town or a principality. We call them that sometimes. It's a place of area, a geographic location, a place of location. You find that on planet Earth, that, that devils and demons and fallen angels uh, work in geographical places around this earth. And he says against powers or authorities that he mentions here, against the rulers of the darkness. It didn't get dark all, all by itself. It got dark because someone ruled it and brought it that way. It took it that direction. You didn't just wake up today and have the life that you've got today. You have the life you've got today because what you did yesterday and the day before yesterday and the month and the year and the years before that got you to where you're at right now. It was a building process that got you right where you're at right now in your life. What we sow, we always reap. The Bible teaches the undeniable law of God. The same thing is true here. There are rulers of present darkness. 
Not, not darkness just didn't come on its own, but somebody ruled it. Somebody brought it in there. And in this darkness, there are clouds of rulers of angelic fallen hosts, demonic spirits, demons, these kind of things that we think about in Scripture. They're there, and, and they're in this wickedness that we're a part of. And it says here, against hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Heavenly places. Now, we're not talking about in the planet heaven where God lives. We're not necessarily talking about all the, the vast heavens uh, uh, of the universe and everything else that we don't know anything about that's out there, but, but around the earth. In Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We're sort of talking about the history. God did a lot more than just that, but, but he did do that for sure. And there are atmospheric heavens, are there places between us and where God lives, the heavens that we are at and that we can see. And it's in that realm that these creatures, these beings... These ungodly spirits are working and moving. And they are doing everything they can do to bring destruction into our life and my life and yours. Anything that bad happens uh, to you, uh, you can look at it uh, through the power of these individual evil beings. Now, when we do something evil that we sow into our life, it's these folks that bring that rule into play in our life on the wicked side, on the evil side. They enforce that rule. They're bound by it as well. And, and so, but here, they are the ones who are plotting against us. They are the ones that are looking to bring destruction to our life. They're trying to destroy uh, your home your family, uh, your children, your grandchildren. They're just wanting to destroy them. They want to destroy you. They want to take you out in your body. They want to put you in a grave long before it's time for you to go. They want to bring destruction to you in so many different ways uh, of life. I mean, for, uh, this uh, week, my parents uh, are putting in a, uh, a mechanical place here in uh, Lawrence, was a heat and air conditioner, putting in a new uh, system for them. And when they took out the outside uh, unit, the compressor on the outside, it was tied up to 220 line. And when they took it out, it arced and arced twice. And when it did, uh, it set off all kinds of things electrically throughout their home. And uh, I heard things pop. And so I went into the back door of their home and there was the washing machine there spitting out fire. I thought washing machine spit out water, but this is spitting out fire that's coming out the top. Boom, boom like that and I caught on fire and started burning and, and there I was I said well I'm gonna jerk this thing out of there and, and so it was burning all these flames and everything was coming up out of it and I had a fire extinguisher put that thing out and but it was still smoking terribly and I disconnected it and took it out very quickly and got it out and it's still burning once it got outside that kind of thing and, and got it out but but what, what would happen there what would been the case the devil trying to burn their home down the devil trying to burn them alive the devil is trying to make me breathe, you know, electric and plastic fumes and those kind of things and mess my lungs up. The devil come against you like that. When you see things, it's certainly not God. Sheila said that earlier this week when I was talking to her about some issues like that. She said, well, I know it wasn't God. When you see some destruction here, the Bible says that the thief comes what? Kill, steal, and destroy. If it's killing, stealing, and destroying, then be like Sheila. I know that's not God. I know that's not God. And so this is going on in the earth, whether we want to admit it or not. There are some powerful things that happen. I mean, there, there are some extremely powerful things uh, that have happened. When I put down the listing that I've been looking at over the last few weeks of about 25 uh, name brand ministers that have gone on and went out very quickly. And a number of those went out in the last year. And the, the, the devil has launched an all-out attack against America. He's not holding anything back. Not anything. Some of the wildest and weirdest and crazy, unnatural, 
uncommon sense things that you would possibly think of are being accepted as normal in people's minds. It is an amazing thing to see what is going on in America, particularly when you're not a part of it and you see the thinking patterns of the world. So, so that had brought me into this study that I'm looking at. Let me read you that verse out of the Amplified Bible because we're going we're to get into this. I'm going to get you a foundation where you won't be shaken. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we are not wrestling, the Amplified Bible says, with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents. Get that clear? It's not physical people that we contend against. That, that's, that's not our battle. That's not our struggle. That's not where we're at. But again, despotisms. Despotism is a, is a tyranny. It's a ruler that wants to rule over you. And have authority, a despot who wants to rule over you in complete authority and you have no say and you do everything that his evilness or wicked mind would want to make you do. Amplified Bible says that's what's what's happening against despotism. We're against those. We're against someone that wants to enslave us, take us captive. Against the powers, against the master spirits who are master spirits in the earth. Master spirit, the demonic spirits on the earth, but they have master spirits upon them. You can read the book of Daniel, particularly other places too. And you can see this term called the watchers. When King Nebuchadnezzar's king was taken away from him. And it goes and it begins to talk about it. The watchers had decreed it. And once they decreed it, nations changed hands. High-level authorities in the earth, high-level authorities in the spiritual world, rulers of this present darkness against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly and supernatural spheres. These angelic beings that he's talking about here, they, you can't see them unless God were to open your eyes. But you can't see them. You can't touch them. They are not sense-level based. E.W. Kenyon talks quite a bit about that in the renewing of our mind. When we want to renew our mind, what we're doing is we're renewing the spiritual man to believe what the Word has said rather than what our senses told us. And in that way of vein of thinking, these creatures are not sense level. You say, Pastor, you're crazy. You're thinking about all these demonic spirits that you're thinking. Well, they're there. Well, I've never saw one. That's right, you haven't. Not with the flesh eye. Not with the flesh eye. I haven't heard them talking to me. Well, maybe you just didn't quite recognize them. But still, no, you don't hear them with a physical ear. They're, they're not in that realm. They're in heavenly places. They're in spiritual places. But they are powerful. Because if you understand Scripture, you know this, that before anything physical happens, something spiritual happened first. You must do something spiritual to bring something physical into this world. It's not that we do with our, with our works of rights that we've done, Titus 3.5 tells us, but by his mercy, he, he's washed us in his blood, cleansed us, saved us. Those kind of things. That's a spiritual thing that happens, but it makes an outward physical change on us. But the spiritual comes first. God said in the book of Genesis first, spiritual words said first, then the physical came into being. And you and I are the same thing. And these masters in the heavenlies, darkened masters, evil masters, wicked masters are there and they are against us. And, and they are and they have launched a final assault, it would seem. A final assault against this earth and a final assault against America. And we're seeing it play out incredibly, incredibly. Un-un-understandable unless you understand scripture. It really just doesn't make sense. Okay, all right. Now, look with me in Matthew chapter 25. 
we're going to look through some of these, and let me sort of give some description to some of these, and then we're going to sort of move on and show you what they are doing and the battle they are fighting against us. But in Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, Jesus spoke about uh, people who will be rewarded, uh, the sheep and goat nations, those things that he talked about in the last days, and how people treated Israel or did not treat Israel, and they'd be rewarded good or bad based on their treatment of God's chosen people in the last days. But he, but he slips in a little thought here that I want you to see. When it says, Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, 41, then he will say to those on his left hand, depart from me. In other words, those that are, are not favorable toward Israel, and this is not really talking about the rapture, it's, it's after the rapture, okay, but we're not into that study this morning. But still, he's, he's dividing up the people who were favorable toward Israel and those who were not. And so he said, I'll say those on the left hand, uh, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire. How, how many knows that sinners go to hell? If you don't, you have already been influenced by some of these beings in spiritual places. They have had their desires in your mind and you bought into it. See? That's where we're headed. Notice this. Into everlasting fire. But the everlasting fire was never planned for you and me. It was never planned for God's creation, you and I. It was planned for, prepared for the devil and his angels. The devil and his angels. The angels of the devil, not the angels of God, the angels of the devil. Where, where, did, where did he get these angels? There's a lot of talk about it. Look with me, Revelation chapter 12. Look, Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. And Revelation, of course, is the book of prophecy. It talks about what's going to happen in the future, primarily during the time of the tribulation and the new heavens and the new earth. All these kind of things. The churches are dealt with in the first three chapters. And other things, the rapture, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. The, the throne in heaven that, that we see in Revelation chapter 5 and then chapter 6. And we come up and, and we find uh, the tribulation period beginning and those kind of things all the way out to Revelation chapter 20. And different things that are happening. And so... Well, it does give us a glance, though, at Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. Scripture says, war broke out in heaven. War in heaven. Spiritual warfare. War in heaven. Michael, an archangel of God, A-R-C-H, meaning chief angel, a leader. So when you think about angelic beings, they are, I don't like calling that, but there's common angels. <laughs> Your everyday angel. I don't be offended angels when I say that. But they are we would put angels in that class, but above them would be rulers of them, archangels, chief angels, head over other angels that come up, and we'll see that as we go along. And then even over them and over them, and there's a hierarchy of spiritual beings in the things of God. If you read Revelation, you can see in the throne room of Almighty God that there are these beings that are called beasts, B-E-A-S-T-S, and the King James Version basically means zoe. They're living creatures before God, and they talk about the multiple faces that they have, and the multiple heads that they have, and, and the wings that they have, and the cherubim, and the seraphim, and how they look. Incredible creatures of God that are part of his spiritual kingdom. And so when we come down, we see here that Michael has some angels. Michael and his angels. Those were under him. Michael's ruling over his angels. Okay, Fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels. So you've got two, if you will, generals on both sides with their warriors under them, angels. Michael and his angels, holy angels. Angels that are righteous before God. 
the devil or the dragon as he's called here and his angels, evil angels, wicked angels, warring in heaven. It talks about in Revelation chapter 12 that will take place there as well as already some has in other places as well. But verse 8, they did not prevail, nor was a place found them any longer in heaven or in heaven any longer. Thank God the Bible teaches us, and we'll see that the, there's a prince of power of the air right now around the heavens of the earth. But, but they're, they're no longer, they, when the, the devil tried to lead his kingdom into the throne room of Almighty God, he was soundly defeated and kicked out of God's heaven. Now, he has been consigned to the heavens around our earth. He'll be kicked out of there in the middle of the tribulation period. And the Bible says the devil has come down to the earth. We'll see. So, verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old. Remember Brother Swagger used to talk about him as old Slewfoot. Remember that? Slewfoot. That serpent of old called the devil and Satan. Devil, Satan, dragon, serpent, all the same ungodly archangel who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And so you're looking at a judgment here that has some already take place and more yet to take place in the midst of the tribulation period. And they have been cast out, the devil and his angels. And we're at, notice down here where we're at, to the earth, cast to the earth. Well, I don't like that very good to you because that's where I got to live. And that's where you got to live. So you share in this planet. I don't guess what you call it a share cropper or you had a timeshare. Maybe we've got a timeshare. Because after 120 years, your time might be up. I don't know. We'll see how long it is. But anyway, we're sharing this place with him. He's cast down. Other evil, ungodly spirits. If you don't recognize that, then it's like we're trying to fight a battle that we don't even know exists. We have to recognize the power of the enemy that is against us. And, and, and he tells the, de the devil, the Satan. Notice verse 9. I don't want to go away from this because I'm going to come back to it, spend some time there. But notice he deceives. He deceives. Therein is his power. The power of deception. He has no other power against you. He can't make you do anything. Not one solitary thing. But he can deceive you in the portals of your mind and get you to thinking what he wants you to think through his deception that you have to accept, yay or nay, that you, and once you accept it, then he's got his foothold. Then he's got his power. Then he's got his hook in you. In other words, if we are deceived to a point, I mean, you know, we had that fire in that washing machine there at my father's mother's home. If, you know, the devil first said, you're going to, you're going to die of smoking inhalation. You're going to die. Well, I don't do anything foolish or stupid, but at the same time, I'll say, well, God's going to protect me. I've got to get this thing out. And, and I believe and trust the Lord and thank the Lord he did. But the devil could have deceived me and got me to believe in that God wouldn't protect me and God wasn't on my side and destruction was coming next to me. Now, again, re recognize I don't go out and do stuff like that every week, every other day, okay? And so I'm not just saying being foolish with your life. If I've got a choice, I'm not going to get around a burning appliance, okay? If I've got a choice. But if I've got to protect my family, I'm, I'm going to do that too. And depend on God to help me. And he does. And, and so, but the deception of the devil will control your life. Whatever you believe that he tells you, you act on it, and he's got you going the direction he wants you to go. The devil could tell me, you know, Shayla doesn't love you anymore. 
She doesn't care anything about you. Not only does she not love you anymore, she doesn't like you. She hates you. Not only that, she's been seeing someone else, all this other kind of stuff. And all, different things. He could say all kinds of stuff. And do you know that husbands and wife every day fall for that kind of stuff? And what do they do? They get inside their marriage. They get inside of their home with one another. And what do they do? They, they, they break up. They get mad. They fuss. They fight. Uh, you know, sometimes they live miserably for years or, 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 or maybe get divorced and end things. And who knows what happens? All based on deception. And the devil could not make either one of those persons in that marriage. The husband or the wife couldn't make either one of them do that. If he just came straight up to them and spoke to them the solid truth. He's got to deceive them to get him to do what he wants them to do because he can't make them do it any other way. Okay? And him and his angels are loose right around us, speaking to the minds and the wheels and the hearts and the souls of this world, of America, of South Carolina, of all the counties that we live in, all the places where we live, in the cities, in the towns, wherever we're at, they're there. And right now, day and night, setting a snare. Timothy talks about that, snares that they set, doing things against us, trying to trip us up, going against us. That's what their job is doing. But not to hit us, not to destroy us in that kind of fashion, but bringing deception to us. Because if they deceive us, we will do it ourselves. What was it Khrushchev or was it one of the communists, I don't know what it was, said that Russia would, would win the war against America and would never have to fire a shot? He said America would be destroyed within itself. And they will destroy themselves. Sound like he's a pretty bright guy, doesn't it? I mean, you know when you see some stuff that's going on. But he knew. He knew the power of deception. All right. Look at Revelation 12, verse 12. You, you, you just saw that in verse 9. Look at jump down verse 12. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who are dwelling them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. In other words, we don't take it lightly. My God, we could say it a lot of different ways. Oh, God, help us. Help the inhabitants of the earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. My, my, this thing has come on planet earth and come on the citizens of this earth. Woe to them. They're in big trouble. Big difficulties. Woe to them and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath. He ain't a little mad at you. He hates you with everything he can hate you with. Great wrath going to destroy you. You got his place. You got his kingdom. You got his world. God gave it to you. And now he wants it back. He's going to destroy you off of it any way he can. Because he knows it has a short time. His time is limited. He is headed for the lake of fire. He is headed for the abyss for that thousand year time there. From there to the lake of fire. The bottomless pit we call it. Revelation chapter 20 tells us that. And so he knows. He doesn't have all day. He doesn't have all the time in the world. He's got a short time. And what he makes happen, he's got to make it happen quickly and fast. And that's why you can see in these last few years, there's been a speeding up of things, a speeding up of wickedness, a speeding up of evil. It's like some people just sort of brought this evil to you, and you hadn't hardly accepted that yet. But finally, before you even accepted that, they went the other direction and added more right on top of it. And you see that again and again and again and again. I, I mean, just incredible, credible things, credible things. Look at Daniel 12. I'm sorry, Daniel chapter 10. Back there, let me talk about these angels, these fallen angels that have come with Lucifer, come with Satan to do his bidding and to do his part against you and me in, in planet Earth today. Look at Daniel chapter 10 and, and then look at verse 12. Daniel 10, 12. Here, here Daniel is fasting and he's praying and 
I mean, he is fighting devils. If you want to read about spiritual warfare, read Daniel chapter 10. Because he's praying, he's got a word from God, and he is reading the scriptures that he saw, possibly from Jeremiah and others that he saw, and what does it mean, and when this is going to happen, and he's struggling to know and to understand the word and will of God, and the devil is fighting him just day and night about this thing. And God even sent his angels to, to give him, Gabriel, to give him a message and to speak the word of God unto Daniel. But on his way here, he is confronted by fallen spirits of the devil and there's war in the heavenlies. This is Old Testament, not what we just read in Revelation. Old, and he's confronted by them. And for 21 days, Daniel battles. He battles, he fights, he prays, he fasts, he stays before God, seeking God for the answer. And all this is going on during that time. Daniel 10, verse 12. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to the humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I've come because of your words. My, my, there's not a better statement in Scripture on confession than that one. From the first time you begin speaking God's word, for the first time you've been calling out to God in prayer, he says, I've sent someone to you because of what you said, because of what you were speaking. Look at verse 13. <clears throat> but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. See that? Prince of the kingdom of Persia. Let me get a drink of water here. Notice how long. 21 days. 21 days. <clears throat> and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. What is he? He's that warring angel. For Israel came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now, notice the angel is telling this to Daniel. He was in the heavenlies bringing the word to Daniel, and in the heavenlies battle was going on. And being left alone there, he called for reinforcements from God, and God sent down here, he sent to him, Michael, the warring angel, the prince of Israel, down to speak or down to work and minister and fight against these angels to loose him up, Gabriel, so he can go and give the revelation that we now have of the book of Daniel to Daniel. Something was happening. Don't think just because that when you pray, if you don't see an instant result. There are some things in Scripture uh, you, you should have instantly. There really are. So, uh, right now. There are other things that work out between you and other people or in nations or people or civilizations or societies. And there's arranging and reordering that has to be done. And the devil doesn't always want to give up what he's got. Jesus said the violent, take it by what? Somebody tell me. By force. It's not that the devil just lets go and says, okay, you found out what the word of God was. Now you're praying. Okay, you can have it. You're done now. No, he's still going to fight you. That's what he was against Daniel. Now, respect you and me too. But you know what? Daniel was a very godly, holy man. He was worthy, worthy of the mission that God gave him. And he had to fight. Now, now, now notice, notice Daniel chapter 10, verse 20. Then he said, do you not know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. Daniel's had a revelation of the end times of what's going to happen and all the civilization of the world through this great metallic image that he has saw, uh, through other dreams and visions that God had given him. And, and where Daniel is at is in Persia now, but Persia is going to fall, and when it does, Greece is going to come in and take over. And he's told that long before it happens. 
long before it happens. And who are these princes? Uh, we're not necessarily uh, talking about the physical princes that were there, but the princes in the heavenlies that orchestrated empower people to make this happen. That's what's going on. You're seeing spiritual battle, spiritual warfare that's taking place when civilization is about to turn around this world. A giant thing, a giant thing happened. That, that, that's why I say right now, when, when you see this and you see these catastrophic things are happening that Dan was talking about, when, when I see this stuff come out of China from Wuhan, uh, this virus came out and affect all the nation of the world like it did, there were some high, high level watchers involved in that. There were some high-level angelic beings. For that to take place, to go from nation to nation and to go around this earth like it, there was some very high battling and spiritual warfare that took place in there for just to get that thing out here. It's amazing. I mean, and you can see right here how that when nations move and change and these things happen, they're involved. Now, go in Matthew chapter 12. Back to Matthew chapter 12. I think we were there. Look at Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. It's not all these fallen angels that we have to be concerned about because they're there. It's not just the fallen angels. But, but we can go a little bit deeper into this. And we can see a little bit closer. Because I, I don't know, I mean, you know what, I value you and I value me. I respect us, who we are, in the kingdom of God. I, I'm thankful for that. But I don't know that the devil's ever took the time to disperse a fallen angel personally to uh, destroy me. I don't know. If he has, that's up to him. He failed. He didn't make it. But anyway, uh, there are some others uh, maybe much more important maybe than you and I might be, that, that certainly would get his attention around this earth. But, but he's also got not only those angels that work with him that are fallen and godly wicked spirits that fall with him, but he also has devils, King James Version uses it, New King James says demons, or what we call disembodied spirits. And these spirits that are on earth that are here, there are here by the millions of them who can go about and do things on this earth and looking for someone they can enter into. Let, let me just show you. Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed. What does it mean to be demon-possessed? Right now, I'm hopeful that you and I control our own spirit, soul, and body right now under the lordship of Jesus Christ. But your spirit should be king of your tripart of who you are. Your soul is that that feels, your spirit is that that knows, and your body carries out the action of the spirit and the soul, and that's the vessel you live in to stay here on planet Earth. Okay? And I hope you're in charge of those three parts of your life. You've heard people say they had a mental breakdown. What did they do? They just lost their soul. They lost their mind, you know. Zap, tilt, didn't work anymore, that kind of thing. But, but those kind of things. I hope that you're in charge of all of your faculties sometimes. We say it like that. But there are sometimes that demonic spirits enter the body that you and I have, and in that body, cohabit with our spirit in our body for the purpose of ruling in us. For the purpose of using our body that they do not have. Demonic spirits do not have a body, a physical body. A spiritual body, yes, but not a physical body like you and I have. If you took your spirit and soul out of your body, you could see it right there if you had the eyes to see. And it would, it would still be there, shaped like you were shaped. It would be there, but you can't see it. It's spiritual. Uh, when you see people who have went through amputations and things like that, normally you hear people say, well, it feels like my leg's still there, even though it's gone. It, it, it's, it feels like it's there. We're filling the soul and the spirit that still is there, even though the physical body is no longer there. And you can sense that about a lot of things going on. You recognize what's going on. There are spirit and soul inside of you. And they are these demonic spirits. Notice verse 22. They brought in him one demon-possessed. This demon had full control over him. He is possessed. 
Now, Christians are not possessed. We're possessed of the Holy Ghost, and we're possessed of God Almighty. But we can be oppressed. We can be attacked. We can be abused of sorts from, from the devil and demonic spirits. They, they can bring clouds of darkness and depression and discouragement against us. And if we allow them, they can make us that way. But not come into our spirit where Christ Jesus rules and reigns within us, where the blood of Jesus has washed us clean. Not there, but they can still do a whole lot against us if we allow them to do so. This man, he was blind. Why? Because of the demonic spirit. He was mute. Why? Because of the demonic spirit. And he healed him so that the blind and the mute man both spoke and saw. All the multitudes were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? They're still hooked up in the flesh. We thought this was Jesus, Mary's son. What's going on here? Verse 24. Now when the Pharisees heard it, the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. And so there are demonic spirits on our earth and they also have a ruler. Just like the fallen angels have a ruler, Satan, Lucifer, the dragon we read about, just like they have a ruler, demonic spirits have a ruler, the devil as well. And so he rules both fallen angels and demonic spirits. Just like God rules heavenly angels and you and I who are born again, he rules us. Not the wicked, but us, he does. But for those that are in this earth or wicked or oppressed or touched or influenced in some way by demonic spirits, they're under the control of these demonic spirits who are under the authority of Beelzebub, Satan himself. And Beelzebub, I heard Brother Copeland talk about it like this years ago, Prince of the Flies. How would you like to be known as Prince of Flies? That's pretty low, isn't it? Prince of, Prince of Flies. But anyway... He's the ruler. You're, you're there in Matthew 12. Go all the way down to verse 43. In verse 43, look what happens. These demonic spirits can go in and out of bodies. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, not your spirit, not the man's spirit, the unclean spirit that was in the man. When the unclean spirit goes out of a man, either by his ungodly choice for his own reasons probably not very much, or being cast out, certainly by the blood of Jesus, goes out of a man, he goes to dry places, seeking rest and finds none. Right now, there are demonic spirits hovering, rovering all over our earth, looking for you and me, a vessel, a human being, that they can go in and possess that human being and live out their desires and their pleasures and their want-tos and whatever they are. A demon spirit is a disembodied spirit. They don't have a body. And to express yourself on planet Earth, you must have a body. You can't do it any other way. Where do demonic spirits come from? I don't know. There's about three, um, three lines of thought that people think about. Sometimes they come back a pre world that those people were killed in that time, that their spirits remain here on the earth, and they're the ones. Some people say that uh, the giants in Genesis chapter 6, uh, when the giants died, that's their spirits that came. Other people say they're fallen angels. Now, I, I, don't, I don't think they're fallen angels. There's a difference because the Bible says Sadducees uh, did not believe in angels or spirits. It classed them as two different classes, angels and then spirits. These are the spirits, demon spirits, and angels are angels. Angels can't get in your body. Angels don't enter people's body. But demonic spirits can because they don't have a body. And that's what they're wanting to do. They go through dry places. So right now, this is happening in America. Demonic spirits 
have traveled this place, imagine it. And the wicked, evil creatures that they are have come inside and possessed people's bodies. To the point, and I'm going to harp on this, but it needs to be harped on as much as we face it in America. To the point that they can convince a man that he's a woman. What is it? Deception. By what? The demon spirit. Right? The demon spirit. Normal people don't think that way. At least that's what I learned in abnormal psychology when I was in school. I think they rewrote the book since then, though. But normal people don't think that way. What happened? Why do they think that way? Somebody's helping them to think. Somebody's doing some thinking for them. Another spirit has entered them. And that other spirit recognized that in the beginning, God made them male and female. And told them to reproduce and multiply and replenish the earth. They hate that they have the earth. They hate that they occupy the earth. And they hate that they are made in God's image. So let's turn this man outside of God's image. Let's turn this woman outside of God's image. Let's mar God's image. Let's destroy God's image. Let's destroy God's creation. We can't get at God as such, but we can get at his creation. And we'll destroy God's creation. That's what thinking. And they do that in the most wild and weird and nutty ways you could possibly. And not only those that do some of the things I just mentioned. But what would be in the minds of an Olympic committee, all supposedly sound of mind, reasonable knowledge, been in the sport for years, say that a man can run against a woman just because he says he is one. So now we don't have the man and the woman that's all confused. We got, quote unquote, normal people who are also deceived. And me even talking this way. What we have done in our school system, you, you bring our young people up. I'm praying that's not the way you hear it. You're hearing the word. But we bring our young people up in the school system, and, and they hear me say what I just said. They look at me and think, I'm a kook. I'm nuts. I'm crazy. You know, why can't people love each other? Don't hurt you. Let them do what they want to do. You know, one of the things that some politicians ran on was that we believe you can love who you want to love. You can't love my dog. I love my dog more than that. I mean, you, you can't do that. You can't love a rat and a mouse. I mean, one day they will. One day they will. And, and we can chuckle about it right now. And I agree. I chuckle too. I, I would have laughed about it years ago. If you told me that, you know, some 75-year-old man be walking around dressed and thinking he's a woman. I would have laughed about that. And now that you laugh about it, they lock you up. You're the one crazy. They say. The nuts, are the, the, the nuts are running the asylum. Anyway, notice what it says. They go through dry places seeking rest, find none. Devils are trying to destroy our country and destroy our world. And they're doing it by deceiving the minds of those that will allow them to do so. That's why you need to protect and guard the loins of your mind, the Bible says. Guard your mind. Don't let anything go into your mind. And I know just because somebody you love or care about says it, that don't make it so. It don't make it right. I, I love you and I hope you love me too. But, you know, if, if you and I both say, hey, we're not inside in a church, we're inside a spaceship. Well, I love you, but you done went crazy. We're not inside a spaceship. You know, all these kind of stuff we, we could say. So you, you need to stand strong. If you don't, they'll begin to tilt your mind just a little bit, a little bit, edge here, edge there, and finally get this hold, and finally go there, finally go there, and finally go there. 
I mean, you know, they did that with the homosexual thing. They started out just being homosexuals. Then they wanted to get married, didn't they? Then we let them get married. Then what happened? Then they said, we ain't no man and woman after all. We something else. They just keep getting crazier and crazier. Anyway, why? Because demonic spirits. Now look at verse 44. Then he says, this is what the Spirit says, I will return to my house. He calls that body his house. I want back in my house. For it to be his house, somebody had to give him, had to give him possession of it and give him authority, give him the right to be there. And they may have even been deceived, and certainly was, deceived in doing it. Thinking they'd be better off, thinking it's the right thing to do. Minds twisted, contorted, they don't recognize their conscience any longer. Conscience seared with a hot iron, believe anything. And the demon spirit took advantage of them. Now notice, it says, I will return to my house, which I came. I've been there once, I want to come back again. Y'all, you know, somebody says, when will we be able to quit this uh, spiritual battle that we're in from now going to heaven? Never till you get to heaven. Because the devil you kicked out of your house yesterday is knocking on the door today. I mean, the battles that you won in days gone by, the victories you have then, thank God for them, stand strong in them. But they ain't quit yet. They hadn't given up yet. What is it? That, that, that fight, you know, in a verbal way, that fight you won with your wife, it ain't over yet. Right? Isn't that what we say? It's still going on if you think you won it. No, it's not over. I will return to my house in which I came, and when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. In other words, the house is made right. It's empty and it's swept. The devil's got out of it, swept all them demons out. But it's still empty. The Bible says this, be ye filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't give him an empty house because devil's looking for empty houses. Put it, be it filled with the Holy Ghost. Fill with the Spirit and put up a no vacancy sign right out front. No devils around here. Notice, that's when they come in, empty. That's why you can have people delivered and they get back undelivered again. Because they didn't fill themselves with the things of God. That's why people, you can look that in all kinds of things. Whether it's in your finances, you could take somebody who's having difficulty in finances, pay off every bill they got, and say, okay, I'm going to put $100,000 in the bank for you. Here it is, and I'll pay off all your bills, $190,000. Okay, pay it off, wipe it clean, slate's clean, give you a brand new house to live in. You come back to that person about a year later, and they're going to be back in debt. Spend everything you gave them, wreck the house, <laughs> and be back in debt. You have got to make sure that when you are freed from the work of the enemy, that you fill yourself with the things of God. Amen. It is a replacement theology. A replacement theology. Jay Adams, who a great Presbyterian minister who fathered modern counseling, wonderful man. I, I knew him a number of years and was with him some videos. Different. He's a great man of God. But... Uh, he would always say that, that, that you can't just get something out, you have to get something in. You can't just cut something off, you've got to take something on. And you read the verses in Ephesians and Colossians that talk about, put off the old man and his ways and his wicked deeds. And put on the things of God. If you don't do the put on part, the second part, then that that you put off is coming back. And these demon spirits are, are, are orchestrating it. Look at verse 45. When he goes and takes with him seven other spirits, oh God, more wicked that's why things get worse and worse. You just now found out why. You meet somebody one day, you thought there was a nut, then you meet them again a year later, and they're really a nut then. What happened? Seven more spigots, spigots, seven more spirits, 
more wicked. I said spirits and wicked in my mind. It came out spigots. Uh, that's like Sheila. <laughs> she was talking about, uh, I don't, you remember, uh, you remember uh, Gunsmoke? And remember he had the two deputies? One of them was Chester and one of them was Festus. Sheila was talking to me the other day, and she, I said, what happened on that show? She, what, she said, well, Chestus just shot a man. I said, Chestus? Who is Chestus? Chestus just did it. Oh, you mean Chester, Festus. It's not two different people. But anyway, that's what came out of my mouth just then, uh, you know, spiritual wickedness. Seven other spirits more wicked than himself. They entered in and dwell there. Stay a while. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation. This wicked generation ain't going to get no better. You will not educate the devil out of anybody. You will not common sense talk them out of doing the crazy things they are doing. The only way that the wicked will be unwicked is by the power of Jesus Christ. They must receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, become a new creation in Christ Jesus so that the old man passes away. Anything else, the old man's still there. And the old man gets worse, 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 and worse. Now, look with me, John chapter 12. Now, I'm going to bring it to a close in a few minutes. I didn't get anywhere near where I need to be. But John chapter 12, let me just give you this couple points, and we'll, we'll pick it back up next week. John chapter 12. Jesus said it like this. Jesus called the devil ruler of this world. And so Satan, Lucifer, the devil, with his fallen angels and with his demons that we have saw. Two groups that help him do his work on planet earth. The devil, fallen angels, demonic spirits, all working together. What did Jesus say about them? In John chapter 12, verse 31. Now is the judgment of this world, Scripture tells us. Jesus speaking. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Now you know he's not talking about God the Father. He's not talking about himself, God the Son, or God the Holy Ghost. He's talking about the devil. The devil is the ruler of this world. Look at John 14 and 30. I will no longer talk much with you, Jesus said, for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. We can be in this God-forsaken place that we're in on planet Earth right now under the devil's rulership, but we don't have to be ruled by him. Amen. Jesus said he has nothing in me. He's there. He's ruling the world. Why do people do the crazy things they do? Because indirectly, from them to the demons to the fallen angels to the devil himself, they're walking out the plans of Satan. And Satan is about destroying God's creation, man and woman that are on this earth. God's family that he put here to enjoy this earth and enjoy this planet, enjoy the things of God that God created for them. He's out to destroy them. I and mean, look at all the different things that, that are here on earth that could be for men's enjoyment. But what happens? Greed. Sometimes in people's hearts and lives, greed get involved and they won't share the blessings or won't make a way for others to have the blessing. Not that everybody just gets a handout. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about sharing in a way that other people can work and they can earn and they can have good things going too. Why is it? Why is it that we hear about Cuba? I mean, I was looking uh, about Cuba and, and the revolting is going on down there, and, and they're wanting to be like uh, America, and they're holding American flags. 
and you got weirdos in America wanting to be like Cuba, the nuts that they are. What's going on? What's going on? They ain't been there themselves, but they're thinking in their mind it would be better under a socialist country than to be under a country that's free like the one that we're in. But yet, but why is that going on? Because you can look back and you can see things that have happened over the years where we've sent money and billions and billions of dollars to Cuba, to Haiti, right next to an island next to it. Other places that we send and, and still are bound and still are under the work of the enemy and the work of the devil. Uh, what, what, what has happened when we see that? Well, they've got a ruler that's going on there. A ruler of this world is ruling them. And you will not finance the devil out of people's lives. You, you, you will not educate the devil out of people's lives. They must have Jesus to change their heart, their life, and spirit. Otherwise, they're going to keep digressing and devolving and going lower and lower into the things of the devil. That's what he's doing. What he's doing. What happened? You can trace it back. Adam and Eve, given the earth the fullness thereof. The Bible says that, that God rules over the heavens, but the earth has he given to the hands of man. He gave it to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve did what? Gave it to the enemy, the devil. Jesus comes 4,000 years ago, takes it back from the devil. And Jesus gave it to the body of Christ, you and me. All power is given to me in heaven and earth, he said. And he gave it back to us. But the, the devil, who is still quasi-ruler or usurping authority on the earth through the wicked ones that will allow him, is still running the show. And right now, there's more of them than there are of us. Don't like saying it. But you can look back. You, you, can, you can look at this. When I was looking at the Constitution of the July 4th and reading some things, I went back and I think, don't quote me exactly on this, I'm, I'm thinking it was like 1919 when America said prohibition and Americans said we ain't drinking alcohol anymore in America. Illegal. Made it illegal. Now we know all what happened. The bootleggers kicked in and they, you know, the devil find a way. Yeah, yeah. It's good to have some rules and laws for the ungodly and the unruly if they're good laws and good rules. And you've got to have that for them. But still, they're always trying to find a way to, to, to do something uh, like that. Brother Lewis talked about people uh, in prisons where he used to work there and, uh, and, and the different kind of devices. You get one device away from them that's going to kill somebody and they'll invent another one out of something you wouldn't even think they'd invent it out of. Whether it's a spoon or a table leg or they, you know, whatever. They're going to make, I mean, they, they find a way uh, to do those kinds of things in the earth. And so what you have to recognize is there are rulers that are over the Satan himself, and he's ruling the people of this world. Well, when Jesus got it back, he gave it to the body of Christ. And if the body of Christ does not stand up and take their authority, it remains in the hands of the ungodly ruler of this world. That's what Jesus is talking about. And so you and I have got to come to the place where we realize this is our world. This is our place. This is our nation. This is our ground. This is our people. We own this place. God's given it to us. And we need to stand up in our authority against those kind of things. But if we back up and if we quit and we grow silent and we stop and we don't fight and we don't move and we don't even recognize and know anything is there, the devil will just have his way. He'll do anything you want to do. That prohibition that took place in 1919 when they voted away, do you know it was in 1931 they voted back in? Just, and because they made a law saying you couldn't, it didn't stop all the drinking and the bootlegging all going on. That's when it all kicked in. That's when it all started right up to that time. And so, I, I don't know, I, don't ask me, don't get mad at me, I don't know, I know some friends, that think how, I don't know what CBD is. I thought it was Christian book distributors. <laughs> really? You, for years, you could Google on, on uh, Google, CBD, and you'd always go to CBD, Christian book distributors. I, I've met some of those folks, I know some of them, they're the biggest Christian book distributor in the world. And, uh, but now, Google it now and see what you get. And I don't know. I don't know. I might be saying something I have no knowledge of. 
But all I know about it, my, my limited understanding of it is it's supposed to be like marijuana, but it ain't. Don't get you high, but it does the good things that marijuana can do for you. But whatever. Ain't no morphine's like that. You shouldn't be out taking morphine either. Unless you've got pain that's unbearable, then it's a good thing. So I don't fully understand all that kind of stuff when I talk about it. But I do know this, that when you make something uh, legal or not legal, they get it either way. Either way. Because their heart and soul have not changed. Because they got a ruler over them. Right there is where they're at. Okay. All right. Let, let's, let's, we can close right here. Last verse. Look at 1 John chapter 5. This is it. Moving. 1 John chapter 5, verse 9. John, the beloved disciple of Jesus Christ, who was closer to him than any other of the 12 disciples. He was closest to him, so close that Jesus gave him his mother when he died on the cross. So close that he told his mother that John would now become his son, her son. He was close. John said this, Knowing and watching Jesus cast out devils, demons, and battle fallen angels for three and a half years, John said this. 1 John 5, verse 9. We know that we are of God. Everybody say, I am of God. Don't ever get in your mind that the crazies are the ones that are right. Okay? We know that we are of God. You don't have to understand it. You don't even have to explain it. I mean, because they got all these kind of rationales. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in the life of Christians. It used to be years ago. Years ago when I, you know, when I was a young man coming up, uh, uh, in, in the 70s, got saved, went to church. I said, what do we do? Well, we go to church, we pay our tithes, uh, we witness, and we pray and read the Bible. Now, now, yeah, got to go to church. No, 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 no. Pay your tithe. Tithing is old covenant. We don't believe in paying tithes. Read the Bible. We don't even know that thing was written by God or not. It's just some inspirational thoughts. All that stuff got muddied in the last numbers of years. Somebody's been messing with somebody's mind. But again, when I say all those kind of things, I, one person told me, I don't believe in healing. I don't care whether you believe in it or not. You don't have to believe it. I want you to. But if you don't believe in healing, that's fine. That's fine if you don't want to believe it. That's your choice. But I've been healed. I know what healing is. I know what healing is. I'm healed right now. I know it. And people say, I don't believe in all this prosperity business. Well, fine. Stay broke then. If that's what you want to do. Stay broke. Or you can work the laws of God. And the stewardship principles in Scripture, and you can be blessed financially. You, you can do what you want to do. But don't let the crazies, don't let them make you crazy. In 1 John 5, 19, we know that we are of God. Stay on the Word now. Don't, don't go with some harebrained ideas and, uh, you know, different, don't start a cult and then say, I know I'm of God. Okay, don't do that. Stay in with the Word, and we're going to get into this. We know we are of God, and the whole world, whole world, lies under the sway of the wicked one. Swaying. Swaying to the music we used to sing. Swaying. The wicked one blowing them. Wicked one talking to them. Got them moving in his direction. They may not just jump right into it this very second, this very day, but they're moving, they're leaning that way. Swaying that way. They're going little by little. Don't see themselves. And they're on the road to hell. They're on the road to destruction. Don't even know it. Little by little, the devil's moving. And John said, we know... We know we're of God, but the world is under the sway of the wicked one. We're going to pick it right back there and find out what we can do about all this when we come back together next time. Stand up with me right now, and we'll go before the Lord in prayer and ask God's blessings on us right now in Jesus' name.
Glory to God. Glory to God. God is good. Amen? Amen. I hope I'm not stopping at a place this morning to where I have any kind of fear and there's no reason to fear. If you got the blood of Jesus on you, you have no reason to fear at all. Somebody say amen. And if you don't have the blood of Jesus on you, you ought to be scared to death. Really, you should. And I never use scared to death with the Christian language, but on the other side, I do. But yeah, you better get saved. You better because the devil's going to kill you. The devil's going to destroy you and take everything you ever thought you ever loved and ever was important to you, ever valuable to you, and destroy it all. Wipe you out at the end. Laugh at you as you go out in, in pain and in suffering and loss of life and loss of family and loss of everything that you ever wanted in life and be there making fun and laughing at you all the way out. The devil hates you. There's no reason to live for the devil. He ain't got nothing for you. He's not going to give you anything that's good. He ain't going to give you nothing that you want. The devil's got it. I don't want it. Somebody say amen. amen. Lift your hands toward heaven. Let's pray. Say, Father, Father, I come before you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God, that you are my Lord, Jesus Christ, and I thank you. I am under your authority. Say this. Say, I resist the sway of the devil, the authority of the devil. I resist wickedness in high places. I am against the things that are not of God. And I embrace the word of truth, the word of scripture. I embrace the Holy Ghost in my life. I embrace the spirit leading in me. And in Jesus' name, I am victorious. Say this, say I'm a winner. I win the battle because my Lord Jesus won it for me. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I give you praise, glory, and honor. Give the Lord a praise clap. Come on, hallelujah. Let it go out. Let it go out in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody say, the devil is defeated. Amen, and Jesus is Lord. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this faith-filled message. Please connect with us at our website, gospeltabernaclechurch.com, so we can continue to be a part of your faith walk. And if you're listening today and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, now is the time to do that. Now, today, is the day of salvation. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Father, I believe you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins on the cross. And you have raised him from the dead that I might be alive in him. Jesus, I confess you are Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome. You're now in the family of God. You're a child of God. Connect with us. Let us know if you prayed that prayer. We want to be right there alongside you as you walk out this journey of faith in Christ. God bless you.